Welcome to Beyond the Scoreboard Podcast. Hi, everybody. You're welcome to the Beyond the Scoreboard Podcast, brought to you by Azure Sports Limited. I'm your host, Ayo Adams, and I'm here with some heavyweights. To my left, I have Ebi Iyomon, a rise broadcaster and FIFA and CAF accredited journalist. Welcome, Ebi. Uh, thank you so much, Ayo, for having me on the show. All right. To my right, I have the indispensable uh, man from Nigeria Info, you know, Monday Thomas. You always hear his voice on radio. Good afternoon, that, Thomas. That's a little bit too much, but thank you so much <laughs> for having me. It feels great to be here. All right. It feels great to have you guys here. So, you know, Beyond the Scope podcast, range of, uh, you know, talking points across major sports, not just football. We're, we're talking to some of the most brilliant sports, uh, you know, editors, some of the most brilliant sports, you know, heads in the game. I'm also talking about some of the most major sports from football, you know, tennis, basketball, and every other major sports. All right. So the group stages of the AFCON happened. And um, we had um, the Super Eagles of Nigeria paired in Group A with host uh, Cote d'Ivoire, Equatorial Guinea, and Guinea-Bissau. And the last time the Super Falcons, Super Eagles, won the uh, won the Afcon was in 2013. We're, not, we're looking back to how, you know, what can they do? What are their chances in this upcoming Afcon with the array of superstars that they have now? Well, it's a very tricky group for um, Nigeria because one might say is Guinea, uh, the two Guineas that are there. But I remember at the AFCON qualifiers, Nigeria lost to Guinea, even with this array of stars. So it's one thing to have stars, it's another thing to have a team. Um, having stars could just like keep you, but might not take you to the zenith. Because I for one know that Argentina at some point has so many stars, Demi Kelly's, Lavezzi, Higuain, but never won anything until they had a team. A team that so many people, Acuna, Montiel, people did not even know them, but they took them to where they wanted to be. So I said Nigeria needs to get their heart right, even their focus, because we've seen so many distractions, especially at the last AFCON where they got the victory against Egypt when they thought everything was over. And the major, the first time they had a major threat, they, they stumbled and fumbled. So I think this time out, they have players, but what the coach should be um, particular about is the midfield, a midfield position that they will bring the same players over and over again. Yes, there's Oyedika now, but we still know that the regular players will almost always start. So what is the difference this coach is bringing in? I think that's a major thing before we start thinking of how far we are going to go. But if it's on paper, I think Nigeria could, could get out of the group first of all, probably finish first or second. It's not impossible. But getting the AFCON proper is what I think is not <laughs> Thomas, possible. On paper, LB says is, is, there's, a, there's a very there's a high chance that we might be able to scale through the group stages. What, are, what do you think the chances are for the Super Eagles at the AFCON? She has also touched on, you know, the fact that we, had, we have some departments on the pitch of play that are not stacked. Uh, if, if, if it was to win the Afghan by attack, give it to Nigeria. <laughs> but what it looks like now is we are stacked. You know, it's like people would, um, the people who go to the gym would jack up the, the, the body first and then leave the legs and, 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 yeah. you know, and every other part of the body. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to go to? How far can we go? And do we have the capacity to do to, to win the Afghan? I think it's always very exciting when we see two big nations at the start of a tournament in Group A, Ivory Coast and Nigeria. That's certainly the highlight of that particular group. But for Nigeria, I'll completely agree to AB. She's spot on. I don't think we can go any any far with just celebrating our, our superstars. And our superstars happen to be just strikers. There is no sane manager on earth that will start three strikers. It's modern day football. 
you either go with one or okay. two. Mm-hmm. And the other is going to be an out-and-out striker. Meanwhile, the other may play like a number 10 or a number 8. So these stars might not do much for us. We need to work on other departments. Our back line, we have no synergy, no chemistry. Is it that Calvin Bassi is not having a good shift? Kenneth Romero is running out of time. Wilfred Didi is struggling with injury. But thankfully this season, he's doing greatly with uh, the Foxes of Leicester City. They are almost on top of the championship. I'm really happy. Kelechi Anatra is really trying. But when you, when you take a look at that strike partnership, you understand that coach Joseph Pesairo has been uh, undergoing lots of uh, critic, criticism. And it's a, it's a manager on question marks because we don't really know his pedigree just yet. He's a manager who's coach, assistant coach for Real Madrid. We didn't really know what he did in Portugal, in Venezuela. He was also struggling. So we don't trust him enough. Yeah, we don't trust him enough to be able to handle these stars. I mean, we are going to take on Equatorial Guinea. We're going to take on Guinea. I mean, African football has taken a whole different turn. I was so excited about the 2021 African. I was super elated. <laughs> I mean, when Comoros were knocked out by Cameroon, remember that yeah. eventful evening? Yeah. It was a number three of Comoros who was in gold. And yeah. you saw these people play with high spirit. And then here comes Gambia. I mean, African football, I'm really elated for it. I mean, it has gone past the, the stage where we used to know on the dog for the kind of players they have. But these days, you may not know the players a particular club, a particular country has, but they go in there and they provide or to produce an awesome uh, game. So Nigeria should be careful. Although that group, I think is very good for them because at the last AFCON, we won all our games. Yeah. Nine points and the next game was Tunisia. And, that was and then we thought that we we're going to have a, <laughs> We're gonna have it was gonna be a walk in the park against Tunisia, but the Kachish Eagles were were a shocker for us, and we complain about the same goalkeeping mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. I think you highlighted that as well. So I think that this group is good for us because you are as good as the the team you play against. If you beat the champion, a one time champion, then there is chance that you can go far. So I think the group is not really tough. The Super Eagles can advance, but how far can they go? How far? That's where maybe still on the Super Eagles, right? If we look at our front line. I'm still very particular about our front line because from my own perspective, if I'm looking at it, I will tell myself, if, if we are not able to cement the defense, if we are not able to find somebody better than the Uzors and the Okoyes, you know, I would say balance the attack so much that whatever you give them, as long as they can deliver, score as good. The Jürgen Klopp mentality. Before you go in, yeah. I mean, Jose Mourinho said something and I would like to quote, he said, attack wins your games. Yeah. Defend wins your trophies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Attack exactly. wins okay. your matches. And, and Ayo, what's, what's funny for me is that Nigeria keeps recycling the it's, same players. So now, um, Madoka Okoye was out for quite a while. You're bringing him back, he's back in. in the squad. So, Nigeria, since Ayama left, have, has not been able to get a very good goalkeeper. So, Adebayo is doing well, at least from what we have seen. It's not battle tested yet. Exactly, from what we have seen. But when you give a core battle like you said like, like a very tricky game that's something that we cannot even assure of for instance for the defense you today you see um what, uh, what's his name Ekong. Ekong. tomorrow you see omeru next tomorrow you see calvin basti so who is even so i think nigeria right now we're the only team the only team that's going to be big in africa that does not have a short starting 11. for other teams you could predict who start setting up yeah you could predict look at morocco you could predict but you cannot predict Nigeria. And if by this time you are still asking, oh, I'm not going to invite this player. 
I don't know inviting this player. Right now, you think she should have some it's, synergy it's, in that you, team. It's so close to the AFCON and the World Cup qualifiers to be having all those. See, Nigeria is going to struggle. They could get to the quarterfinals, no doubt. But aside that, I think it's going to be difficult for the AFCON victory. Well, I think the fact that you can't predict a starting eleven of a particular team could be a, an advantage. Right. That's for a club, not not Nigeria. But a national team. On that note, what is squad debt? What is squad debt? On that note, look at the squad debt. On that note, I want to I want to put this out to both of you. You are with um, Jose Pizarro, and you have the array of attackers. How many are you picking, and who are going to be the ones you're going to pick? Do not forget that uh, before we start celebrating the Victor Simon, the Victor Boniface, the Willie Orban now. We had it. We, we've gotten starts already. I mean, our front line was strong enough. I mean, the likes of uh, Tyro Wuni, who was once upon a time banging goals for Union Berlin, and he was one of the players mentioned. I can remember uh, he, currently, he currently plays for What's Paulo Nacho. Paulo Nacho okay, was Nacho. also a talking point. And, uh, we I also... don't think Paulo Nacho was ever that player for Nigeria. Yeah. He was for his club, but for Nigeria, he was, he was just not for Africa. I football. think he, he, Africa they football. weren't playing to his advantage. So, yes, they, so, so do you know what makes you a good player for me? Yeah. Right. What makes you a good player is how versatile you are. All right. You see, you see. Yes. Some are, some are top nine. That's just your job. Yes. Some are just goal poachers. But if you want to adapt into a team that has so many players, you can't expect the coach to be feeding you every time. All right. Time. So how how versatile is Erling Haaland? Haaland is a different. See, you're, you're talking of Haaland. You're talking for of Haaland for club. That's why initially when you talked about not knowing his um, particular eleven, I said it, that it's club football and they have squad there. That's different. Right. For club football, Haaland has um, players to feed him. Mm-hmm. Definitely, there's KDB. There's this. In Nigeria, AB. in Nigeria, if you're going to in be in nowhere, Erling Haaland scored just uh, the qualification. He has scored 27 goals mm-hmm. in his last 27 matches. Mm-hmm. So Erling Haaland. I mean, you've got to play to his, 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 his advantage. I mm-hmm. mean, he has the likes of uh, Martin Odegaard. He has the likes of and, uh, Alexander Solot. So he plays with the supply supply lines of this place. If, if you tell me that in African football, we don't focus on technique because technique sometimes wins you games. If you've got the right techniques to give the necessary pass, you're going to have any striker on earth converted. Paul Nocha for me was top class at that time. He was banging in goals in Do you Belgium. Know why Cruz? He was Do you know why Cruz? Do you know why Cruz will for almost forever remain one of the underrated defenders midfielders? He play he can play anywhere. He would play anywhere you put him. Suarez All is right. a no Karen Benzema is a striker that gives assists. So now we have so many. Okay, if Onuachu wants to come back to Nigeria, they have Victor Sima above him. Yes. They have Boniface. They no. have Taiwa Wuni. He was never even up to what they did. Now, because it is a, a kind of bias in the selection process of a national team football. Uh, they tend There's to go. Bias in they, 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 they tend to go with players that are uh, the ones with the current form, the ones that are banging in goals the last three months. And now that we have Victor Boniface, who is blazing the trail right there, the Jam Bundesliga. Now, Paulo Nocci is a forgotten topic. But how many times why are we even talking about Paulo Nocci? It was just a name I was mentioning. Paulo Nocci was before tried. I, I, I think he I was, I think was about answering a very important question okay. by so I, uh, Paul Nocho for me is still a very good player and there's this uh, Sanusi there's this guy in Real Sociedad 
Yeah, um, so Sadiq Omar. Yeah, Sadiq Omar, I beg your pardon. So I was just trying to highlight these players before we talk about the ones that are stealing the hearts of many because mm. they are the ones like, in front right now. Is, so who would you who would you pick? It's, it's Afcon time. You're what's, you're supposed to submit your finalist for CAF. Who would you pick up front? Why did I go back? Because we've had this situation before. We've okay. once had stars when it comes to attacking force, but yet we did not have the coach who could manage them. So now you're putting me at the Joseph Basayo yes, seat. I'm, I'm very sports. privileged right now. <laughs> so I'm going to go with um, Victor Boniface. Yeah. That's going to be my main man, but not my main striker. My main striker is undoubtedly Victor Simon because okay. he knows how to run down a defense. When, in terms of pressurizing them, in terms of I mean, playing with uh, a big mindset, wanting the goal at all costs. But why is Victor Boniface my main man? Because Victor Boniface has got the versatility of scoring goals and also that of assisting. He can play as a number eight and if the day is so bad, he can come down and play as a number eight. So that's, I think Victor Boniface is more of a complete player than uh, Victor Osimhen. So mm. my right wing, I think Demola Lukman is playing a highly technical football. So I'm going to go for Demola Lukman. Simon Moses might come in later. And I'm going to stick with... Uh, On the right wing, who would you go? Samuel Chukweze, although I don't really You've fancy seen... him. I don't really fancy would him. You... I mean, he's played top flight football for five, six years. Has he been convincing? But his end product is still the same. So sad. Uh, I just wish him the very best in Italy. But that's my front for a front line. Be... Uh, I'm going to just repeat that. Uh, Demola Lukman, yeah. left wing, uh, Samuel Chukri is a right, okay. then uh, Victor Osimen, main striker, and Victor Boniface, supporting striker. Maybe if you were Pizarro and you're picking your four four players to lead your lines for the AFCON, who would you? Who would they be? Well, I, I would say for the AFCON, for the AFCON, we have, they have um, so many players to pick from, but I'm not going to use the same players in every game, so it depends on the particular game. I think that's what actually even messed Nigeria up at the last AFCON because every for every game they play, they use the same lineup every time, notwithstanding the particular so opponent winning team, that they were playing. A winning team is you need to no, have a winning team. I know right? you have a winning team, yes, but not against every team because every team has its own analyst that reads your game. So you have to tweak your team sometimes, not like you just select yeah. any randomly but you have to tweak your team sometimes for instance if for instance if pep were to play against um real madrid kai walker will be there because of the speed of initiative so you're not going to use a very slow player too. yeah so yeah. i'm not it depends on the game i'm going to play right. but most likely I'm, i know i i know i'm going definitely going to have taiwa in my team yeah. taiwa and moses and victor, victor Simeon. yes then uh, probably i didn't look more like he said and i'll put victor moses uh, on the other side, on I'm going to change side. him because I, I, I don't fancy Yanacho in that position. I do not also fancy Chukweze in because that of position. his end product. Yes, exactly. Now some 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 people will look at the fact that if you have end products from the right, if you have end products and from I think the he's left, he's not evolved this game. Also, I also I also agree with that's why you know I mentioned to you that what has been his end product while he was in Villarreal is more of a dribbler and his no, conversion I... rate was not as great as other wingers such as you know um, the Vinicius is of that's his just his attributes that's nothing close to end product end product need, is but, what you do but we need him you know when we get certain situations if you look at some of the biggest teams that won some of the biggest competitions if you, you must be able to fire on all cylinders from every attacking angle possible when um, when Argentina eventually won the World Cup Di Maria Messi 
uh, what they call his name, Julian, Julian Alvarez. Mm-hmm. And even players we did not even expect to score goals stepped up. So I, I, I also think it will go beyond the strikers in, in, in this competition in as much as someone like Victor Osime, we are most definitely going to know that every single coach would want to mm-hmm. man-mark Victor Osime. Yeah. So that's already a given. We saw that against Real Madrid. And um, Antonio Rudiger was just you know, right beside him, like a marriage from beginning to the end. <laughs> well, I understand why we're talking about strikers because that's where we have a good problem in quotes. But football is not about striking position. I mean, well, like you said, some days might not be Victor Simmons, all right? But we, need, be... we need him to be there all through the tournament. Yeah, it's, just, and, it's just how many days tournament. And I'm going to emphasize on playing uh, with the player's advantage. Yes, making making use of advantage. Thankfully, Victor Simmons is someone who's good with his feet and also aerial ball so we need to have techniques in our supply lines our midfield need to be top-notch we don't have a creative midfielder yet it's very sad that's what everyone was saying leading into we the don't have, we don't have no, certain we, things locked we do, down we do not have a number 10 so but i think we should just some might, some temper our expectations argue, some might argue that football has, has advanced away from the number 10 role four four twos provided um spaces for number 10s to operate four three threes Sometimes do not. But you can still have it open. Um, you can let them. Somebody who has a uh, free role free to role. play. Like he said, right? I was, I was saying, you look at some like the players who could play ten in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Aribo and it will be. Aribo has have the legs. Definitely dropped. Iwobi does have the form. legs. Maybe he shows mm-hmm. that he does have the legs, but I don't think Aribo does have the legs. It will. Even it will be. I feel his game is still is still shaky. When it that's, comes to it, when word. you come to the Africa when you come to the African scene, right, it, it doesn't always work the way you play in Europe in Africa. Yeah. No, it's more, more physical thing, It's a more physical thing, and if you have a little bit of tactical intelligence, you could not have the upper edge against other teams. But I think Nigeria, we could talk, we could talk about the striking position for years, and you will see have so many players talk about. But is the scarcity of midfielders and good choices in defense that's a problem, and that would actually work against Nigeria. If and the time is too it's too it's too close actually for them. Just like a couple of months away. Exactly. All right, it's just a couple of months away. Let's see what happens from the um, at the Afcon, and let's see what happens before the Afcon begins. Let's move on to you know something more interesting. You know, let's talk about talent in football. And you know, talent um, they say is a is a natural ability for you to do something exceptional with ease. But in recent football, you know, if I, if I, if if you could let me let me walk you, let me walk us through the arrays of talent superstars that we've had in football. You know, the likes of the Ronaldos when they came in from Sporting Lisbon, the the little fidgeting Messi's when they came in from um, the La Masias, and we'll talk about if you, if you leave football and, and go away to other ranges of sport, the Novaks, you know, the the, the Federals of this world, the Rafael Nadal of this world, the Hamiltons of this world, you know, the the um, Sherika Jackson of this world, the ones that you know from a very very young age. You know, they were, they were highlighted as, you know, youngsters and superstars. Now in this modern era, would you say, as, as long as you've watched sports generally for, would you say that talent has fallen off? Or would you say that they, there's a little bit of lack in passion? Because let me highlight something, why this is quite important. I would read out, you know, a tweet that someone made a couple of days ago. This, the ongoing, this is ongoing trend about um, the David Beckham's uh, um, Netflix, Netflix documentary, documentary. And, and the person goes you know watching Beckham's documentary made me realize how much football has fallen off we used to have men respond to abuse and threats with trebles nowadays you have fans blaming Twitter as a reason why a player can't play a five-yard pass and all he does is moan and groans and someone else goes I watched that documentary and I have to say that I have more respect for Beckham and generally players of his generation this generation of footballers are just babies I think low-key this is why I don't watch 
as much football anymore. Yeah. I only watch highlight these days. Football is no longer what it used to be. You know, you know, tell us. <laughs> as talent falling off, are players more babies in this era and why? Well, I'm really grateful for a time like this because I was feeling like an alien. I, I thought I was the only one with this opinion that football is not what it is anymore. I mean, thankfully, my goat is not even Lionel Messi and Ronaldo. Can't Wait, be. Where's your goat? Ronaldo de Lima. That's the, that's the real goat. I mean, I, I, I argue, I even get into a fight with people that football has lost its quality. The integrity of football right now is sellable. It's about, it's about money these days. And when you talk about talent, I mean, the number one attribute of talent, in my opinion, is long, uh, longevity, right? If you don't have it, if you can't reproduce it seasons after season, of course, Lionel Messi and Ronaldo, they've got it. But when you see players that after one season, they're the talk of the town, media has come with the propaganda, they are everywhere, and then before you know it, they're being sold for 100 million. Enzo Fernandez, Declan Rice, I mean, one is doing better than the other. But right now, football is about money. I remember once upon a time in the early 2000s, in the uh, the late 90s, that's where I got acquainted with football. I used to see lots of players, the likes of Manuel Ricosta, Zinedine Zidane. Mm. Ayo, Pavel Nedved. Thierry Henry did <laughs> not win the Ballon d'Or. How so that, how that, did you see how, how much of a competition was was it? I mean, I can, crazy. I can pay my mind back to the Ancelotti AC Milan team. I'm pretty sure Properly some sucked. listeners will not know who is Pierre Van Oydon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't win nothing. He like win nothing. nothing. I mean, it's shocking why we talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. And, and you know Ronaldo something and, else? I think that football has moved from what people used to see before to just stats. So you look at somebody's stats and say, oh, Holland is the best player. Mm-hmm. Some people have have, have um, amnesia when it comes to football. They forget so easily. I hear comparisons, Holland and Aguero. And I'm like, I don't understand. That's, I, I feel Aguero is even too, it's too cool. It's, yeah. You look at players, in the time I started watching football, I think the first player I watched and liked was Henry. I'm like, who is this guy? How can you be this fast? How can you be this creative? How can you score an assist like this and consistently? Do it. Now, in those days, right, you see midfielders like Schweinsteiger. Mm, you see Pelo. You see, you see, you see the competition. Those players were not even talked about them because they had players of the caliber of Xavi. Or Guti. You had, thank you. There was Gattuso. Wow. They are big players. Big I've always seen a, a see clip them. of Guti. But now you now you see a, a player, a, a, a midfielder, just do some little mm. moves, After have like matches. 10 assists in a season and he's the goat. So football it's not just football, sports. When Generally. I was growing up, right, the competition, for instance in Jamaica, you see Veronica Campbell, you see um Shelly Ann, she was just coming up. You see so many other players, and these ones would just be it's like back and forth, and others are still good, but they never got close to winning the bronze, bronze or even gold. For instance, Talu, who's from Ivory Coast, she's never won the gold or silver in a real competition, except maybe a few diamond leagues that those heavyweights did not compete. Now you begin to wonder, you see players just trolling, play three, four games, Caicedo, and you're like, the amount of money for Caicedo. So that means if Okocha was playing now, <laughs> or Ronaldinho was playing now, <laughs> how much would they have been bought for? But it's too tight. They're, they're, I think I think the main reason just... why it is like this is the media hype and of course the money involved because mm-hmm. I, I I want I was I, I stumbled upon Fabrizio Romano's tweet. Yeah, can I say mention yeah. his name? Yeah, oh. of course uh, we all know him and he came out to say that 
sometimes he fakes the news to influence a transfer that players do text him yeah for him to dms of course to initiate that, the transfer that, that's what happens i mean the media power and money is what is running football right now so i, I don't think it extends to other sports because other sports i mean basketball i still feel basketball is still, basketball still retains the, the level NBA. of yeah, talent so, yeah I mean. it still does i mean look at uh, lebron james he has done greatly in in basketball i mean he's highly regarded as the goat but not my goat, because there are other names still in the conversation. I mean, Kevin Doran is still doing greatly. He has lots of fans. Steph Curry is his major and Steve competitor. But, but, but do you know, do you know the, the NBA, right? These players that we have called, they are not the young ones too. Because now they didn't. They are, this is not their generation. They are, they are going to exit in like four, three, four years. The generation that we are talking about are still overhyped. I would say it over and over again. The, the current, so. the young NBA players like Shy. You see players like what's this guy's name? Now, this guy I won't let, I won't let you. Yeah. I won't guy, let you mention my this favorite guy like that. Gone. What's his name? No, no, no I won't no, let you I'm mention my favorite like, like that. I'm not trying to understand. What I'm Shai saying Guinness is that in those Alexander days, he has Scotty Piping, Scotty Piping. All right, there is Shaq. Yeah, big names then, and those players were they earned monies, but they did not let it like. What's this guy's name? That um, what's this guy in Boston Celtics? Uh, uh Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown or I'm Jason like, Tatum? You want Tatum? Yeah. Those those ones are just for the gram. They they do their work, but if you look at it, they, co- they communicate more on social media. They train more because of who they date. But that than doesn't the game affect the game that they it, play. It what's affect this guy's the game? name? The one that carries gun. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Jamorant. Jamorant. Yeah. The hype, he's a good player. I'm not arguing that. Top star. He's a top star. But now this year, longevity will come to play. Now your attitude attitude of the pitch mm-hmm. almost always affects Influence, or yeah. influences your attitude on the pitch and the love the fans have for you. So now when you fall off the hook from fans, you but fall off But the players in, in those days also had They did. But they backed it up. The but they the backed it up with, just like he said, I know for a fact that Suarez, Luis Suarez, is one of the most hated players ever. Be it from when he was in Ajax, to Liverpool, to the World Cup, mm-hmm. to Liverpool, to another World Cup. They never liked he, him. They never liked him. He always but had... Name a player mm-hmm. that went on eight match ban. Came back. Came back. No penalty. <laughs> scored and became... No penalties though. Won the golden boots. That's like, I'm talking on the pitch. Hate me if you like. Yeah. So I feel... Then, for instance, look at tennis. For a long time, you just had three big names. At some point, we thought they were coming and do mm-hmm. something. Medvedev, Sissi Pass. I'm, I'm like, just going to stick just... on my guns right now. I'm going to stand my ground. I don't think it's really affecting other sports. You go to tennis, I've got lots of things to say about tennis. I How think, big are those players? Think, think, How think, big are those, now, those players? At a certain point, the big trees were already big trees when they were young. When they were young. The, the future is here. I'm gonna list at the future. At 23, Messi had won. I'm, I'm certainly gonna respect Djokovic, uh, Roger Federer, and, and Rafael Nadal. Even Andy. But all all these players need to do right now, the current generation, to topple this trio, is to start early and stay on your grind. Carlos Alcaraz, you know he's a new big boy in town at 19 already a, gl- a grand slam. Two grand slams. All right, we we are getting there. It's getting to and it's is 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 the only one in the men's category. The, in the young gen, in the next gen men's category, that's one Grand Slams. The likes of Stefano Tsitsipas, um, Yannick Sinner, 
uh, what's his name, the Italian boy, the other Italian, um, Matteo Berrettini, you know, Felix Ogielius, and they all came out. Taylor Fritz might, might not be the name everyone is talking about. Tip for Francis, not everyone is talking about. But I think it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. They will topple uh, the, uh, of course, legacies of, I don't think so. of Th- Ro- Roger or, Federer. Tiafo said somewhere that as long as it's in top 10, it's fine. That, and that's, and that's what we're talking about, Ebi. Okay. Imagine a player such as Tiafo, as good as he is, saying top 10 is good enough. That's the kind of passion that and the talent that I'm talking about. You're talented. For Federer, Maybe, for Federer, you know, you, watching him play, Federer's style of play, if you compare him to football, elegance. it's like Zidane. Yeah. Maradona, Iniesta, they made, Iniesta. They made you love tennis, not just all about winning. Yes, Grand Slams matters a lot. It does, especially in the arguments. Yes. But if you want to say, okay, this person is my idol, is who I watch. Just, I just love how fluid he was with the game, flexibility, everything. It just looked like he did it for. I just want to play tennis, and that's what he did till he retired. He's been doing it. Now, if you're looking at this other player, say Akaraz is there definitely. But you're looking at where competition matters because if Akra, if Akaraz is going to dominate alone, I think he's 20 now, he's going to dominate. So the other players, for instance, Medvedev, who by now should have been winning at least five or six, seven, Medvedev, Zverev, Berrettini, what is curious? That is only that. That one is always bad boy. Always, thank you. It's always it's bad boy. We know that. We know that he's got talent. He's, he's, he's got so talent. Just people. that. There's so many. He doesn't have the mentality. Now that we talked about the men, let's, let's the quickly go to the women before we move to our next um, point of discussion. The great uh, Serena Williams and the, the Williams sisters. You know, they they set records that were you know exceptional. You know, and, and groundbreaking. We we also had you know multiple record sets by other people. Now we've talked about the men, but if you look at we look at the women's tennis, it seems like a CV. They became like a florescent. It, <laughs> it fluctuates. There was a time when Naomi Osaka came. I was, I think, I was extremely hyped up when I saw Naomi Osaka bust onto the scene. Then Naomi Osaka went, took a back seat. You know, then um, Ashley Barty came. Ashley Barty came, rain, and took a back seat. Then we, Ons Jabal um, came. Ons Jabal goes into the final. She's she's never gotten over that obstacle of getting into now, the final. Now, when you talk about the but back now we have seat, the... I think I think the back seat has to do with um, this Gen Z mentality. Mm-hmm. Ashley Barty retiring at to, the age of 24, 23. To go play another sport. She's got to be joking. She's got to be joking. Now, the difference between Serena Williams, Venus Williams, the big names is that they started early and they stayed on their grind. I mean, there was not a problem of mental issues. I mean, mental issues was not a, was not, I mean, they could, they, they, been they were, there, it has always been the there, pressure, but they were able to handle it, right? I think the pressure. Ashley Barty, why are you retiring? Ons Jebo has not taken a back seat. I'm really happy for a mm, growth from Tunisia. She's, she's gotten to major finals, but she's never just clinched major finals. She's going to get it one day. Yeah, definitely. And she's going to get it. We want, it, we want story. her to get it because she's a lovely can. Her story is going to be the best her, her story. Her story will probably trend or stay, has, have a longer longevity in the space of tennis because of you know how she eventually does it. Go on. Now, look at Gugu Golf. Oh. That's the lady. I mean, I mean, there's a hallmark of creativity on her already, greatness, greatness on her already, greatness, and greatness. I think she she can bring back the glory days. I think it's early I think because Emma Raducanu. Because if she doesn't, <laughs> Naomi Osaka also retired. She went. She, she went on mental child. health leave. And she child. went on mental health break. Uh, what are they doing? That's exactly what we're seeing here in terms of. You know, I I I still feel like see, 
I'm not trying. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk for women, yes. Okay, okay. Do that. As a woman, right? Yeah. Men have issues. That's true. Women also have issues because okay. of mental health and everything. But there could be hormonal issues. You think they, they, they're not going to know. Abby, in just in line with your question. Yeah, we're not going to know. Do you get? So I think I think now in this time and age, right? People are speaking up more. But another thing that could be influencing it is this social media age. This age where there's a lot of pressure, competition, yeah. these talks and that. In those days, I could uh, the media could talk, but you see that on um, papers, papers prints. and all. But now you could get opinions of fans immediately. Imagine, immediately, imagine the pressure. It's not everybody that has that strong mind to just like imagine getting home and you're getting like a thousand DMs yes. calling you black monkey. Look at her, she's so lazy. She's a woman. She can't even do anything. She just comes and dresses for the glam. You know, women have sports, those kind of yes. exactly sports betters. Exactly. So not everybody has off. the capacity to take that. So what you guys are saying is media, social media, basically. That's, yes. I, that's what what's her name? What's her name? Um, Sabalenka. Um, sports, she came out to say, "I'm I'm playing tennis. Stop asking me political questions. I'm not the president of Belarus." Now, now, <laughs> Abby, you know, you know, one thing you, you you clearly mentioned is the fact that, and also you also touched about it, is how the media's in the social media, the frenzy has affected them. But that's, you see what you mentioned about Sabalenka is one thing is, I've respected her so much because of whenever anything about the media comes up, it, it used to affect her. You see yes. her, she, in, in the middle of a set, in the middle of taking a break point, Sabalenka just implodes. Mm-hmm. You know, but subsequently, just ex, just highlighting exactly what you mentioned, it got to a point where Sabalenka got to a space where she felt like, I'm playing tennis. So you had to take over herself. You know, I'm playing tennis. Why am I bothered? About the president, um, president. Oh, I'm about political <laughs> issues. I'm not supposed to be burdening yeah. about the sport. Which now, which is is bringing me. Up. Do you think players should leave social media alone and don't let the, don't let it affect them? In as much as we know, we cannot distance ourselves from it. But as a sports person, you're supposed to be mentally upright. One, two, you're supposed to be able to withstand pressure. Two, two difference between mm-hmm. certain sports. Football, basketball, and tennis. That differences in football. The stadium is rowdy and chanting from the get go to the end. In tennis, when you want to serve a point, people must keep quiet. All right, you know what I'm seeing right now as a from a business point of view, I'm seeing markets for psychologists. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's high time they they tap into this. Yeah, this, health in sports. Those, of course, health in sports. They need to have personal psychologists, people who talk to them. They do counselors. have personal psychologists. Not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them because, because tennis, they can't is tell a, me. tennis is a very expensive sport. Tennis is an individual sport that is the most expensive. You pay your trainer, you pay your physio, you pay your um, coach, training partners and all those things. You pay for hotels, you pay for trips, you buy rackets. Sometimes you don't have sponsorship. As opposed to football and basketball where majority of these things you pay for are handled just because you're a player of the team. You're not going to play in San Siro and you're worried about the hotel you're going to stay in. Neither are you worried about the kit you're going to put on. But in tennis, you have to, on certain majorly individual sports, you have to worry about those equipment. So sometimes, you know. I think if we're, if we're thinking outside of the box, I mean, like you said, they have a whole lot to pay for and paying for a psychologist should be one of them. So that means they should increase their earnings, what they get in a particular tournament, because what she mentioned is a very big point. The media, some people can't take it. Like personally, I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm doing something. I'm doing my very best. You don't if you know look, if you what look I'm at putting so many it, players, yeah. for instance, you look at players like Sadi Kumara. Yeah. If you're not following Sadi Kumara, you cannot mention him. Yes. You can't send him a DM. Taiwan yes. Wone, you can't. Yeah, there's certain players. If, if you're not following them. Restrict. Exactly. Yeah. Until you, you follow them, Igalo, yeah. the same thing. Because their fans, people that follow him won't want to go that I, far. I, I had an interview with um, um, Indidiani. He came yes. to say, like, 
fans are crazy. Yeah. You can't say you like me and come to my DMs and, and give me, me death threats. So it, it, I think it works against them sometimes. For some who are beginning, that's why you look at the older generation. You see a player like Gattuso, insulting. But then they didn't have it. I don't know. I, I don't know think, how I think to compare not, okay, so, 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 so Social let, media then was let's put low. It, let's put it on a very basic note. Remember when we were kids? I didn't have to worry about what you wore, what you what you ate, what you, how you dressed. That's my business. Because I never saw I never you. Saw it, yeah. When we saw each other, I was probably on the football pitch when we were playing ball. And then we were or in church, or in mocks. Or in mocks, you understand? <laughs> but right now we have like multiple outlets where we can see each other. And I think that affects players a lot. Mm-hmm. You know. And which brings me to my turn to the final, you know, cutting the cutting razor for this particular discussion, which is in terms of finances, you mentioned the fact that, you know, sport has now gotten to a place where it's money frenzy. And I think um, um, Arsene Wenger mentioned it a couple of years ago. I think when the bail transfer happened, mm-hmm. Arsene Wenger mentioned it, that the market is getting, is getting out of hand. And not just football. It's even you know, getting worse. It is getting worse <laughs> that players have been, from a, from a very, very first season, you know, you have a very good season and you're being bought for 100 million. And I remember, I, I, remember, I remember a Gattuso, Anthony. A, a Gattuso, um, a Gattuso Anthony. scenario with when he wanted to sign for um, AC Milan. And when he was approached, they, they asked him, Gattuso how much he wanted to collect. Gattuso said, I want to play for AC Milan. They asked him, what does he think about his wages? I don't care. I want to play for AC Milan. These days, you still have players and their agents negotiating to the hundreds of millions. Or their parents. Till they get, <laughs> or even their parents, till they get that final buck. So at the end of the day, how worse would they get to? But you know, football is generating more money than it used to generate. Which is not so, enabling them to pay yes, more. Yes, en- enabling them pay more. And be clouding their judgments. Especially for, well, everybody. Now, with the Saudi takeover, it's going to be more crazy. Because imagine players who might not even be as good as, half as good as what Fabregas was. Oof. Fabregas is, is even too high. I feel, like, I feel like what we are seeing now, right? Football has fallen off that anything just goes. Anthony could never, ever, 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 ever have walked into United an team. Arsenal team or United team. To do what? Really, like in, in, in let's say in 2010 or 2008, where would they have played? Hmm. Where? In the Premier Maybe, probably, maybe, I don't even know the other Premier League teams. <laughs> it's just crazy how the amount you hear. I'm like, Copama. How much are you paying for Kobe? What did he do? How many games did he play? If Louis, that um, Man City guy, is it Louis? Um, um, Yeah, Louis. Mm -hmm. The one that the the young back, that young guy. Rico Lewis. Rico Lewis. If you're to be sold now, I kid you not. We're talking about 45 million. Yes. He's not even a starter. Yes. (laughs) He's He's playing for big sites. So what? You know, so you know how many, okay. breaking into the team then was very before um, if you look at when Pep came into um, Barcelona and um, he upgraded that team you look at the, the the level and quality of players that Rijkaard had before Pep came in and Pep then came in and then introduced the likes of Busquets uh, Pedro into mm-hmm. the into the um, Thiago into the team but you could see that they played their worth before we even started to give them that pedigree yes. whatever he's saying is Look at Kopama one season. And it's Do you know how long team. before Busquets said they talk about Busquets? Busquets. <laughs> As he was already good though. Yeah. But because in the world then, right, the players when Busquets started playing, Puyo already Pelo was already established. 
Mm-hmm. They already likes of Gattuso. They already play well. The they were senior men, seed off and everything. Patrick so you will not thank you. You will remember that there's Busquets. You even this Marcosina was yeah. the guy oh, for Jiget. You you wow. you will not remember. Wow. After like three, four years, this guy has walked walked himself out. In top football, Europe, Eurozo. This one, you see a player, right? Coming out from academy. He's called two goals, maybe. Maybe tap in, Steph. <laughs> I think we should also take it easy on them. I mean, the world has also developed to some crazy level. Things are so, expensive. So let's as say basically, well. expensive I mean, as long as the club is making some people, as long as the club is making people want to live money. outrageously yeah. luxurious life. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how, that, how their career pans out. So let's finally let's let's come back home. Abby, you you can testify to the fact that you've been across you you know you've been you've been to multiple competitions, you've researched multiple you know you've 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 also had an idea into multiple competitions and see how multiple countries grow in terms of football development or sport development generally. I um it was the last Olympics I was I I, I can't remember his name I think his name stuff is why you you something from Japan I think or Korea won a gold medal in skating at the mm-hmm. Olympics. Nigeria, as a country, sports has been something that has been deteriorating. It's probably something that some countries are using to, you know, help their economy. Look at the mm-hmm. countries like poor countries like Argentina, who don't have great sports, who don't have a um, great economy, but sport has been something that's been uplifting them. Look at the amount of fans that, you know, sold, um, you know, houses and came to the FIFA World Cup. But look at Nigeria, where there's hub, there's talent, there's, there's locality, but it has never gotten to develop. There are certain sports in Nigeria that, has, that are not even developing. How, Ebi, from your experience, you know, in being other, in being to country, you were at Birmingham for the Commonwealth Games. I'm more than certain you've seen the development, and you also saw representation in terms of sports. What can Nigeria do to get to level certain countries who have as who have as lit, even as much as skating represented at the Olympics? And Nigeria can only put forth maybe what football, uh, basketball, football. and athletics, and that's it, or tennis. But Table I, I, tennis. You know, in sports, they call area of comparative strengths, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nigeria is not even sure of the areas they have strength in. Mm. For instance, at the Birmingham Games, right, we picked some areas we are good at, we are good at, and went there. And to some extent, we played with probably because Birmingham, because I know that if it was the Olympics proper, yeah, the other teams, US is not in Birmingham, not in Commonwealth, so they were, yeah, they they didn't were not participate they were not exactly. Yeah. So now look at the country like South Africa. South Africa are good in rugby. The world knows it's not like they just come in just crash out in quarterfinals. They've yeah. won it. this is world cup talking yes. about where they have countries like Argentina and all of that. Wales, Ireland, they've won it. They're the defending champions now as even if the um, World Cup is ongoing currently. I would say Nigeria the problem of Nigeria is systemic. You could you could talk from now to next year. Now sports is not a priority to the government. Oh. In UK it's a priority. Now I remember there was a time that um the minister, the just um, the minister who just left, talked about stadium money and everything. And Nigeria is an opera in Nigeria. Ideally, how much is used to build a world-class stadium? stadium. You're talking about mil- hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, the, the country will not complain. The government will not complain because these these sports are generating revenues. So you could afford, if you like, tell them you're building one billion dollar stadium. Nobody's gonna complain because the money is there. Because they've harnessed and tapped into sports that you could talk about billions. That's why, well, that's why sports is as big as we're talking about now. 
But in Nigeria, it's not like that. The dependence of government is so much. And even the government doesn't look at sports as a priority because it's not generating money. There's no proper framework for sports in Nigeria. So I would say for Nigeria, I probably could pick like three, four, five sports and just focus on it because these other ones they are doing. Even gymnastics. Nigeria doesn't have a, a female gymnast. No female gymnast has qualified for the Olympics. That's at the last Olympics. We had Ucheke. So you're talking Nigeria's strength in sports and yeah. you're mentioning gymnastics. We are no, no, we are, no. We are no way close get, to that. What I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that see, Nigeria, right? If you want to prosper or you want to be big like the US, US is too high. Probably I, mean, I don't know the country I'm gonna call. If it's not working for you in a spot where you win just one medal, you will focus on swimming. Every area in Nigeria, right, has its comparative strength. For instance, look at Deltans or Bayosans. They can swim, but they don't know the rules. So you could just jump in and be swimming anyhow you want to swim. And you're swimming rubbish because you're not following the rules. So if you pick some people, train them, school them. The water is there. You don't have to buy water. There's water there. You don't have to buy the water. You can come and camp them at the National Stadium here and give them... You don't have to buy them water. And also, I think think the facilities need to be there. It doesn't just have to be normal water. They have, to, they have to stay in a facility where the lines are drawn mm-hmm. so that they know that they are not this swimming is, on someone's swim lane, of, right? Exactly. To, so they, so there has to be that to, facility so as well. But do you think, it does do you as think, well. Do you think that Nigerian investors themselves, they prefer to invest elsewhere because mm-hmm. the market's not marketable. <laughs> You don't like that, that, that means you're talking about the, even the people who have the money like the in Nigeria. Environment in Nigeria. You, you, you are sport, okay. you are sport on. I'm, I'm gonna be, begin from where you just left off. I think, yeah, sports 100%. Sports is an absolute joke to the government, they don't give a flying damn about sports. Someone has to say, yeah. I mean, that, that's why we are like this. I mean, we are a developing nation, and government have to be intentional in every aspect, they have to be intentional, maybe. They have to do something. They have to put up a platform for private investors to come and look at it. I know some people are calling out people, rich people in Nigeria. I mean, calling out Dangote. You, know you, you know what they do? What? The government will not invest though. But when one family decides to single-handedly take their child, they will now bring the child and say, this is our child. Uh, yeah. Welcome back, yeah, to, come the back to the what country. What did you do? What did you do That's what it is. And they're calling out the big guys in Nigeria, the people that have walked their socks off to make money. So why are you not investing? We're hearing that you want to go and buy Arsenal. You want to buy shares in Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. You're not investing. Because that's that's right. Because that the environment this, people, is this is their money. You don't know how they got it. Now, the government responsible. We are not demanding much from the government. It's, it's quite a shame that we just go. We don't demand from the government. And when we try to, because you're asking for too much. You no, know what happened at the toll gate? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my, I think I think I think the government need to be hundred percent involved in developing not just football, but my, we are talking sports right now. They should do that. They should be intentional, and let's see how the private people will come. Because not mm-hmm. just private. When we talk of just Nigeria, we're gonna have sponsors elsewhere yeah, there's, in there's the world. Be like a because what? Because what? We've got talent. We do have. We've talent. got manpower. We've got people who are resilient. It's mental strength. We've got it. What, what kind of sports? Okay, if we are going to maybe highlight five sports that we're going to focus on, just like AB uh, pointed out, we can go. We, we have talent in football. Swimming, we can do it. I mean, we have runners already. Athletic, we're already trying that. We just need to improve. Look at uh, Tobio Mosan, who was on the podium and at the uh, Oregon, Oregon yeah. World Athletic Championship. I mean, everyone was happy, but... She was not Nigerian trained. 
But we've got the ability, we've got manpower, like I said, we've got talent. All we need is the government to be involved. And then when the government gets involved, we need to eradicate people who are so entitled in sports administration. I mean, I can't believe that some players who want to play for Nigeria and they have to pay money. They have to give money to this. I think if governments are accountable enough, every other sector will be. Because if we are monitoring everything, yeah. If you're monitoring, we are, if you are just intentional, that's the word. And then you know, I think you know, sports there's, there's that sports will develop. Rule, you know, Ebi also know that there's that standard rule in certain um, governing bodies that states that, you know, interference, government interference, into certain sports, you know, might, you know, lead to. Oh my you know the funny thing in Italy, that... for instance, right? Who is San Siro? Who owns it? Bellasconi. This San Siro. Bellasconi. Exactly. What I'm saying, yeah. he owns it. But if you look at the the involvement of this in, there's a high involvement of the italian government in this area What's, in mm-hmm. egypt the government invests fully fully, fully it's fully backed in saudi it's fully if backed. saudi will not be anything without that government at the moment that's just the truth they gave them the financial that's leeway what to do is. what they have I mean, to do so Nigerians, uh, basically, the Nigerian government has to wake up and has to, you know, you know, take responsibility, you know, for sports in, in the country. You know, if you look at across board, the basketball, mm-hmm. volleyballs, athletics, uh, you know, it, it's it's watering down. And I think at 2023, going 2024, we shouldn't be talking about development again in certain sports. Like I mentioned, you know, uh, like I said, I, I didn't even mention basketball. Basketball. You know. At the um, last NBA draft. There was someone from Nigeria. Nigeria. Yes, I was. I was You're like, excited. what? what? <laughs> from then, Nigeria at the, end of, the, the NBA. Part, at, so that means we can we can produce fifty well, every season. If you look at the track just like Ebi said, you might probably not be, you might probably didn't get groomed from here in the grassroots. So hopefully that you know we know that hopefully one day we'll, have, we'll see or expect that or you know the government will take sports mm-hmm. more seriously because of the economic effect that it does bring to the table and finally because of the fact that when you invest in sports it definitely pays off. We've seen that sports investment pays off. Sports is Why they are not investing in it, in it and as much is, is what is bothering me. And also, the, finally, the one you mentioned about um, entitlement. My entitlement perspective goes to administrators. Almost every single sports um, admi- um, sports department or almost a sport entity mm-hmm. has a double faction. The volleyball um, sector has a double faction. The basketball crazy fighting over the, 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 the <laughs> faction. Uh, we know the controversies that ended the Amaji Panic um, um, administration, which is still on. I mean, it's, it's back and forth with the video still happen. The, the <laughs> FIFA Women's World Cup that just happened, we, there was a lot of back and forth with the ladies, even regardless of what they, what they proved to us. Athletics Federation, when they were supposed to go to CIS, uh, the World Athletics in mm-hmm. Poland that year, it was still a lot of issues that they didn't even have. They couldn't travel because of the back and forth that they had. So, you know, it's it's a mess that you know when we went viral that uh, one of our short putter was washing his jersey. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> thing, So you know, but I guess I guess that's where we're going to leave it today um, on our first episode of the Beyond the Scoreboard podcast. We've had uh, some exciting um, conversation and discussions with Ebby and with Monday Thomas. Thank you guys for coming. This is Beyond the Scoreboard podcast.